Hello? Hello, David. Hi. Sorry. Just dealing with a slight. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're a little soft, but uh, I just need to. Uh, I'll, I'll hold the phone slightly closer. Okay, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, a little bit busy. Ah, uh, yeah, I appreciate you dropping in yesterday. Sounds like you had multiple meetings going on. Yes, well, uh, the release, I'm managing the releases at work, and the release that was supposed to go out last week went out this week. And the one that's supposed to go out this week is being delayed right now, and they want an extra release tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm like three releases in one week, and I'm just like, oh, that's going to average, what, two and a half postmortems? <laughs> Hopefully not yours. Uh, well, I mean, I'm managing the release, so it is my postmortem, but I don't think I'll be the cause of any of the problems. <laughs> Hopefully it won't kill you is what I was saying. Oh, no, no. I've, okay. I've, I've lost much more money for a company before than this. <laughs> it's good to have a, a high water mark. I used that. to work for Google. I used to work for Google. There were there were millions of people that I caused outage before. This is nothing. Yes. Oh, that's my favorite thing. Uh, uh, sit down with people who've been in a company for a long time and talk about the worst mistakes they've made because it makes you go, wow, it is possible to screw up really badly and have it not be the end of your career. Yes, I, I especially enjoyed the, there was a guy who, who what was it, like six years ago, who took down all of Google for like half an hour. And he, he did a presentation in front of the entire company about it, and it was fascinating. He got like three peer bonuses for it. Wow. Because the, the problem wasn't that he took it down. The, pro, the thing was he brought it back up immediately without understanding why it was down. And that's why he got all those peer bonuses. So it was good or bad that he brought it back up? It was very good. It was only down oh, for like okay. half an hour. Uh, the reason it okay. took half an hour, it took like uh, forever for the systems to propagate the change through. Because this was all of Google everywhere. Wow. What year was that? Um, well, it would have been more than five years ago. So maybe, okay. so 2015, 14? I think when he did it, it made news. Right. It was... Yeah, yeah, that's actually as good a segue as any, because one of the things that I love about scriptures is you get to see the most famous and important and respected uh, men of God do incredibly stupid, evil, boneheaded things and talk about it, which is something that I personally find enormously encouraging and comforting, and yet I rarely find outside the pages of scripture. Still there? Yes, I'm here. Um, okay. So... Is this is this a segue into something? This is a segue, yes, into um, but we can uh, start at a different position if you like. Uh, I don't know if you had any burning questions about last week, or if I can launch into a new uh, dimension of explanations. 
Well, I want to know how you feel about the meeting every week, the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm actually very encouraged, uh, precisely because I feel like we are making better and more useful mistakes. Are we? Oh, I am. And so um, the so again, I don't know if I can explain how I feel until I generate some more shared context. So you remember last week we discussed the goal was to create a something like a new religious order. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really see that in the meetings during the week. I know. I know you don't see it. Do you see it? So, so I have this picture in my head of this thing I'm trying to do. And therefore, that gives me a sense of which things are contributing to that and which things. Well, let me put this way. Everything I, I see is trying to. So let's, let's go with the. Let's start with the punchline. Uh, the phrase I've been using. To describe what we're doing for the last few sessions is uh, vulnerably encountering Jesus uh, by obeying scripture together. Um, I think I've been tweaking it a bit, so I, I describe it. So one thing I've learned is I need to be more precise about that. So, so what it is, I do a bunch of things. I observe the results. I compare this against this half-remembered dream I have of what I'm trying to create, and that helps me both recreate the dream more precisely and then try different things to see if I can make reality match that dream. I mean, okay. I still don't okay, I'm not sure. I mean, that, that's Sorry? just generally, that's generally true. That's generally how you do that. But I mean, like specifically, I don't understand how anything that happens on Tuesday is is contributing to this this goal of yours. Okay. So uh, let me try a, a different line of argument. I think one thing that when I was reviewing our conversation last week, I think when we were talking about concrete personal experiences, we tended to make progress, and when we tried to go into generalities, uh, it tended to get um, confusing. So, okay. 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 So. <laughs> I'm still trying to talk about but Tuesday. It's the generality which made you rail us, but I you we're talking about I want to talk about Tuesday and you're you're sort of jumping back to our our no, last no, conversation. No, I, I don't know how to talk about Tuesday in words that will make any sense to you. Okay. Well I mean all right, let me let me throw some things out there. Okay? Okay. Attendance sure. attendance was low on Tuesday. It was low. All right. This is this is part of a, a trend that I, I expressed concern about a couple of weeks ago. Before Fair it started enough. happening. And so I said this is likely to happen, and this is what it's going to look like. And two weeks later, it's happening still. Are you concerned? Um, not enormously. Attendance has fluctuated up and down quite a bit. And Steve, who's the one I'd be most concerned about, has repeatedly said, hey, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I just can't make it this week. But he's not disengaged. I mean, but that's that's two weeks in a row. He has a real job. I'm glad for him. He's, been, uh, he's a freelancer, and work is a rare and precious thing. 
So I'm less concerned about attendance on Tuesday than overall engagement in the relationships in the project. Um, Bill was not there on Tuesday. I should definitely touch base with him. Uh, that is something that is worth doing. Um, but in some ways, the fact that anyone shows up at all is always kind of a, a pleasant surprise to me. And I'm always trying to figure out what are the things, and like, you know, you know, we had one new person show up, which is not a, a bad thing. And so I am more concerned about A, or do we have good relationships? B, uh, am I trying to understand the thing I'm doing better so that I can make it more engaging, more watchable, more effective? So it's funny you should mention that actually, because that was one of the things I was going to talk about, which is that traditional is, is measures of spirituality or measures of success. And one of the reasons why I'm trying to create this new thing is precisely because um, the measures of success that I grew up with in the traditions and communities I was a part of uh have their utility but have a number of painful downsides and one of them for example is that churches the two measures that most churches obsess over are uh number of are basically butts and seats yes butts and seats. whatever people who show right and so the um so if our if our butts and seats decrease but our effectiveness and understanding and living out our mission increase that is considered a success and that uh, over time uh, people who came for the right reasons would come back you know yeah I, you you have actually just fundamentally reproduced the same problem i had with previous churches related to butts and seats and you you just took you took an office you took an opposite angle from them, but you actually redid it. And so I'm kind of surprised. Sorry, how, so, sorry, I, I'm lost. What what did you think I did? So I understand you you think buttoncy is a bad metric, and and churches value it too much, and we shouldn't do that. And right. You know what? I I agree. Okay, so why are you bugging me about it then? I didn't want to worry about it. You you insisted I work I address it because you were concerned. Yes, because I am concerned. I'm very concerned. You see, the problem why are you concerned? Okay. See, the problem I have with buttoncy is that it, it, it treats people like objects instead of like people. Mm -hmm. No, I don't I don't mind I don't mind the wording of it. I do mind the attitude though. I mean you can call it whatever yeah. you want. I'll call it right. I'll call it that uh Bill and Stephen aren't aren't there, and I mean, like engagement has gone down with those who. So, do so, 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 so first well, of all, Stephen and I. Me, so I think there's two separate. Okay, finish. Finish your point. All right, I re this is really important to me because this is something that really okay. really bothers. Me. And I feel like okay. you did the same. Thing. I think you really did the same thing. The problem I have okay. with a bunch of church leaders is that. I'll go to them and then say, so-and-so isn't coming anymore, or so-and-so dropped off the radar. And I mm -hmm. think these are the reasons why. And they'll go, oh, well. Or they'll look at 
overall, our metrics are fine. Now, you have just done and said, I don't care about that metric. And I'm like, I don't care about that metric either. I care about so-and-so. Okay, so, okay, so let's, let's be precise then, okay? Let's talk individually. And if we have to scrap this uh, video, audio, because it's too personal or sensitive, whatever. But from my perspective, Steve and I have some issues to work out. We are making progress on them. The United States some text and exchange some documents. Yes. Okay. So Steve has said on the chat that he's working on this paper on discipleship, which he finished and he sent to me for comments. And I sent him some comments and we've had some meta discussion about the comments and, and he has shared publicly on the list that he's really busy with work. And I believe that. I don't believe it. I don't so, believe it because what? I told you before. But I believe him. I, I told I'm you sure before. I told you before he said that he was going to say it. If I can predict this, don't I get some sort of like, you know, maybe David's right? Like it's it's okay. on the record. You can see beforehand okay. I said it's going to happen and then words that happened with an excuse and you're like well i believe the excuse i'm like i predicted it okay before it so happened. this is a so we can agree to disagree on this one okay because i have private information that you don't have of the conversations that i have had with steve and those lead me to believe that he is certainly our relationship is strained uh but it is but i believe that he is sincere he is still engaged committed to the community and as god works in both of our hearts you will be able to be reconciled, and we are on a trajectory to do that. I mean, it, I, I believe that. I could be wrong, but that's what I mean. But I mean, like, I, I think, you know, as a scientist, predictive power really matters. Yes, yeah, so, so your mental model is that the group is fragile and falling apart. Yes. Is that your theory that you're basing your... Okay, so that is an yeah. understandable theory. Okay. And I made a prediction. So, okay, so you get points. Okay, so Bill is a more interesting question because I had some conversations with him. I've not talked to him recently. Bill also has a habit, is noisy because he's having a dropping out for periods of time because of what he's got going on in his life. So I don't think there's any bad blood or relational issues between me and Bill within the group. Uh, it is a, the question is more precisely, what is the thing to be done, right? Um, or you want me to feel bad with nothing to do? <laughs> I a little bit, yes, actually. I I want you to acknowledge a problem. So I acknowledge um. a concern. So okay, <laughs> the, 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 okay, so you okay? That felt different things here. I don't think I need to be concerned at the level of a problem. However, I totally acknowledge that you have a right to be concerned. Given the well, data yeah. you have and what you see, it's a legitimate concern. Yeah, that's that's dismissing my concern, but you don't no, have no, to I'm agree. That's that's fine. You don't have to agree. Okay. Um. I so yeah, I, and then, I mean the question is what to do about it, right? And I think the thing to do about it is a keep working on the individual relationships and b work to make the group more cohesive and clear about its purpose and effective at fulfilling it. Okay, sure. I agree those with that. Those are the two things I can think of to do. What? I, I, I agree with those two things, especially the latter. Okay. Okay. So let's focus on that then.
right? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, is there something else you want us to talk about besides improving the clarity and effectiveness of the group? Uh, I do want to communicate to you that Bill's, yeah. lack, Bill's lack of attendance makes me less wanting to attend. Okay, that's a useful piece of information. And it is entirely possible I was too cavalier about Bill's absence, but perhaps there is a larger issue that is worth reaching out to him for. You as a member of the group are certainly welcome to reach out to him, but I will also uh, check in with him as well and see what's going on. No, I mean, I, I talked to him, but I, I'm, I'm not going to be, I, like, I have no reason to be driving him towards the group. I don't think you have a rising, I think you say you're curious. And ask him, you know, I'm sad that you're not there. Just curious what's going on. That seems like a reasonable thing to say to communicate your emotion because you're saying, you know, it is a bummer for you that, that he's not there. I'm not sad that he's not there. I'm saying it's incentive for me to also not be there. Interesting. Okay. Like, look, I, I go, I mean, like, uh, Janet's still there. And so that's, that's incentive. I like Janet. I like Janet and I like Bill. And so yeah. I, I enjoy around them and so that's incentive to be there uh they right. both disappear, okay. that is what i'm communicating okay. to you yeah okay that is a useful piece of information and i'll keep that in mind i'm not sure entirely what to do about it other than to reach out to bill uh but it's still useful information and i appreciate your honesty in sharing that well you see i'm trying to break a pattern here because i think not everyone is being fully open and so that's why I'm trying my best here to like let you know exactly how I feel about everything. Okay, I appreciate that. No, that is valuable. And that's good. In fact, that's one of the metrics that I prize very highly, um, which is one of the things that I've experienced is that because of the butts and seat metric, uh, a lot of churches have, I have this, uh, in my other podcast, this issue came up of authenticity versus principles. And it's one thing to have like all these high-minded principles of how we should behave and treat each other. But, and in the short term, everything's much smoother and easier when everyone obeys the principles. But in the long term, if people aren't actually honest with what they're feeling when they are acting inappropriate relative to the principles, you get this authenticity gap and this emotion gap and this communication gap, and then everything falls apart. Yes. Like a surprise at the time. So that, uh, that, that's a phenomenon that exists. Yes, absolutely. Right. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out is, and I'm not saying I've got any great answer to it. I'm just saying I'm trying to really own the problem is how to create a place with enough structure that people can feel like they're making progress for something and um but enough um open space that people can actually be honest and i personally have not experienced a lot of general purpose role models for that i've expected some very narrow effective narrowly effective role models um, but I have not seen how to do that, and that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do. Have you spent a, a lot of time on internet forums? Like, um, at various points, 
I mean, I ran a few news groups back in the day. I've been part of several large mailing lists. Uh, I was involved in one of the very early flame wars back at MIT in the 80s. Um, and I've had some various long-running mailing lists, uh, which have had some epic incursions and explosions. So, I mean, okay. Uh, how about again, anonymous? I, like, what? Anonymous forums. How about, how about what? Anon anonymous forums. Not for any length of time. Like I said, I'm not claiming to be an expert in this. I'm just claiming to care deeply about the problem. If you have some wisdom or role models or best practices to share, I am all ears. Well, I mean, like the the only groups I can think of uh, of of any sort of cohesion um, where you could say like people just keep showing up, like they show up. Mm -hmm. That's that's about it. That's all you can say of it. Um, that allow maximal sort of bucking of um of i guess i don't know norms or or ethics of behavior and just you know permit most anything or, or just anonymous uh internet things. i can't think of a group that is more accepting than that like anonymous as in the anarchist guy fox community no no, I mean like no, your, no. your 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 real name isn't attached to it. So uh, anonymous is one such group. You have the you have Reddit and the Chans that that do stuff like that. Those are those are all good examples right. of it. So pseudonymous groups are often. Um, I think pseudonymous is probably a better term than anonymous because then people have long term handles that they're able to share with. No, I I specifically mentioned the Chans. They don't have long term handles. Okay. So it actually, I mean, and there's there's other ones too. I think that, I forgot what the Silicon Valley one one was. Um, if you could send some link. links to put in the chat, that would be useful because um, I'm not very much familiar with that culture. And my my experience with them, which is very limited, so is, is that anonymity is good for short term sharing, but harder for the long term principal things. Sure. Well, anyway, what I would yeah. say is that like, looking at these groups, they actually form some code of ethics. Um, mm. Very minimal. Very minimal. Um, like mm -hmm. you can, they they can get pretty damn depressed. Code of ethics or code of conduct? Uh, conduct. Okay, that's an important uh, distinction. It's a really important distinction. Is it? Yeah. I would actually, uh, because I would actually say, so. He, so the, the issue is that like so ad hoc support groups with a code of conduct of how we treat each other is uh, there's lots of examples of that around an interest The challenge is what is when there's also some extrinsic goal to be achieved, and that's where the tension comes in between being nice to each other and getting stuff done. Yeah, but you see, like, um, I don't know. Um, a lot of a lot of forums are 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 centered around some sort of topic, and so I would say that there is sort of a, a, an ethic of like we are here to worship this thing, and if you yeah, are not, yeah, there is. That's not yeah. really caught, but it is. 
So I would say that they do both. Right, but here's, here's, here's always the point of pain that I have found in, in a variety of different groups, is that when it's just like, hey, let's sit here and, and just talk, and you can all participate as much as you want, there's no consequences to participation or non-participation. Uh, you know, it's better if there's more here, but if not, it's still fine if it's just a couple of us chatting. Then the amount of expectations the community has on you are minimal and easy to deal with. The specific reason I describe what I'm trying to do as a religious order, rather than just a community or a church, is that the goal is to create disciples of Jesus. And there are things we need to do to, for, and with each other that are uncomfortable and non-obvious. And we need help from each other to focus on that. And it is precisely because there is this weird, um, this dip, if you will, or chasm between what we're comfortable doing and what needs to happen. And crossing that chasm is the hard part. And if there is no chasm, if the group has just exists to discuss, then it's, um, you know, it, it, it just avoids the problem without having to solve it. Okay, well, you know, I, I guess the only point I wanted to make there was that I, I think that no matter what, you must have some sort of code of conduct. Right. Like, and it has to, I mean, because I, there is, there has been no community that I can even imagine that didn't actually form one. Then all attempts to actually exist without one have always met destruction. Right. So the question, so there's, but there's, there's two really important things to think about. One is, um, you know, what is the code of conduct? What's the basis of it? And the second equally important thing is, how do we react when the code of conduct is violated? I mean, isn't that part of the code of conduct? Not necessarily. Um, there's a. Really? Yeah, I mean, there, there. Okay, there's a couple of different things, right? So, um, most code of conducts. Well, um, I've seen a lot of code of conducts which are just vague, like be nice to each other. And the or else was not clearly specified. The implication was, if you violate this conduct, uh, someone in authority would take you aside and have a long talk with you, and if you didn't convince them, uh, you would be kicked out. But that was always implicit, never explicit. I mean, I would say that it was part of the code of conduct. It was just never stated. It was an implied okay, well, code okay, of conduct. It was not explicitly part of the code of conduct. Right. You know, I mean, like, I, sure. I don't care about the explicit. I, I, I say every code of conduct should be explicit. But as far as I'm concerned, the implicit is by definition part of it. And whenever I say, I, whenever I say code of conduct, I do mean both implicit and explicit. Okay, so, so, so that's, that's so when you include the implicit, that becomes a set of social norms. Yes. Or in, in by, right, okay, social norms, right. And so this is precisely the problem that I'm trying to figure out, is what are, is how to create an implicit sense of appropriate social norms. Uh, because the, precisely because of this tension, is that it's really hard to get people to be honest. And so I really appreciate your saying, I'm really concerned about this. I'm really upset about this. That's what I valued about your contribution from the beginning, is that that is part of helping create this social norm, 
that we ask these questions and we share what's frustrating us. Um, we're also trying to build a social norm that when we have these issues, we work together to work through them. And that's had, uh, we have a number of incompletes in that area that we still need to work through. Um, but it is hard. Um, it is hard when you are working, like, this is actually the most interesting learning that I had uh, from Tuesday, even if it's not relevant for you, is that, you know, Eric totally believes in this project and was really willing to put a lot of effort and energy into working with me, but that when the actual event came up, he actually defaulted back to his existing training rather than all the stuff we talked about. And that is just normal human behaviors. We default to our training and our expectations. And in order to change norms, is that even if you have explicit codes of conduct that are different than people's prior experience, they will read in their own implicit assumptions, sometimes over, overwrite their own implicit assumptions. And these are precisely the issues that I have been wrestling with both personally and as a Christian. Like we have all these implicit norms of what you can and can't say and do and not do. And a lot of them make it really hard to speak the truth in love. So I'm not sure Do they? if you were expressing a frustration or you were encouraging me that this is an important thing and I should be continuing to work hard at it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm a little confused by the pronouns just now. Like what, what things are you referring to? So you're saying that, okay, you're saying every community needs to have a code of conduct, which is both implicit and explicit. Yes. And I say, okay. And you're saying you're confused about what the code of conduct or the norms are in our group. I said, yes. And part of the problem is that uh, I have a set in my head of how I would like to treat people and how I would like us to treat each other. And uh, it's hard because people have their own assumptions written in their own parts and heads. And since I'm trying to create a different set of norms for this group, I have to figure out how to overcome those. I mean, you haven't even stated them what you want to the group, though. So, I have not, obviously, I have not succeeded in stating them in words that you understand. Like, our, the goal for the group is for us to be discipled by Scripture to love more like Jesus. And by loving like Jesus, I mean these five or six verses I listed. Yeah, but that's, that's a that's statement. Not, that's a statement. Uh, I You haven't... There's no code of conduct there. That's just okay. So that's what is a, the, so, could you, so I don't know what you consider a code of conduct. I think it's like I'm naive. I say love one another as I have loved, as Jesus has loved us. That's our code of conduct. Is that not sufficient? Um, I mean, I that is that is sufficient. I would I would argue that it's been violated. Yeah. And I right. and I would. So then the I, and I would say I didn't I didn't believe that was the standard and that I was violating that standard as I watched it get violated by others and I didn't call it out, which I think I should have. Right. And you know, this is actually one of the questions is um and this is again what I mean, like we said, like there's explicit parts and then there's implicit parts. And it's precisely it's the this is the hard part. It's like, what are we supposed to do 
when our understanding of the social norms are being violated. And you say, well, it's all implicit. Well, this is where being implicit is hard, right? So you're saying we're not really being explicit enough. Yes. Well, well I mean, like, so I mean, like, I, I could, I could love like Jesus. That 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 tells me what to do in that case. Okay. But you see, like, you think we're just, studying John twenty. Has it occurred to you that this is this might be why we are studying John twenty one? No, no, I, I, it did not occur at all. I don't think we we're doing anything for any rhyme or reason. I okay, think it's so all. I think it's so all. Been your assumption arbitrary. is because you don't see the point, therefore there must be no reason. No, I well, I would say that because I have yet to hear good justifications for anything, and I can't find any continuity with anything, that it all looks like it's based on a whim. Okay. And that and so, yeah, is I'm, almost I'm assuming... true. So I, I can understand why it looks that way. If you will give me a chance, I'll try to explain. I will try to connect some of the dots. Please. Sorry. Please, I I, I like dot connection. Okay, so one of the things that I have been questioning about for a long time is, is precisely this question. How do we create it? Because in, in my experience, the way most people solve this problem, either A, they give up on having a stretching purpose and just do what the group is comfortable with, or they create a leadership or an oligarchy who imposes a sense of purpose and discipline on the organization. Those are the two most common models that I have seen. There may be others, but I haven't had much experience with them. Okay? Yep. You still with right. me? Yep. Okay. So, the thing that was exciting to me about uh, DBS is that, ah, this is a way to really try and create a set of discipline and authority around scripture rather than around a single individual or role. And it's like, huh, if we could do this, if we could find a way to interact with scripture where we ourselves uh, together are saying like, this is what scripture says about how we should treat each other. This is what I need to do differently in my relationships to achieve that. That would give us this uh, framework. And both in terms of we talk about it, and then as we live it out week to week, we end up developing a, a body of practice. It's like, oh, this is the thing that happened here, and this is how people did with it, and this is what was good, and this is what was uh, less than ideal, this is how to do better. So that's why I'm trying to build this culture of reflection and retrospective, uh, where we try things, we talk about them, we talk about what didn't work, and we slowly build up a better understanding of what they are. With the hope, you know, is that the, the plan at this point, such as there is one, is that we spend season five figuring out this format, and then season six, we actually say, okay, what are like the core things we need to be able to agree on as a community in order to love more like Jesus? And let's do a series of studies on that where we actually figure out how to apply that in a way that helps us understand what that means and helps us understand that everyone else is on the same page with us. So that's 
to the extent I have a plan, that is the current plan. Okay. I, I don't understand. Okay. I would say that that goes a long way to explain what you're doing, and it makes a vague sort of sense. Um, okay. And I really wish I had heard this sooner. Because then I, I could... I wish I figured this I, out sooner. Well, I mean, well, no, because you, you say we're doing this for a reason. And I didn't really think we were doing the DBS stuff for a reason. Um, because when I hear something is being done for a purpose, I can then ask myself, hey, uh, in practice, we just did this thing. Did it accomplish its purpose? Is it moving us in that direction? Yeah. And... Right, but it, 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 you know, it, it, I can talk about reasons for doing things that made sense to other people that you would find uninteresting. The fact that you said, I, I really care about the thing of the code of conduct is, okay, that gives us a common language to talk about a word that are meaningful to you. Uh, and so that, you know, that is part of this mutual discovery process. So I, I'm sorry to go. I feel uh, fairly idiotic periodically because I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but I'm grateful that I know now a lot more about what I'm doing than I did three weeks ago. So how are the verses, Bible verses picked? How are the Bible verses picked? Um, yeah. I picked the first like one. And then on Friday uh, morning, I've been meeting with Robbie and Eric to talk about uh, the study and we argue a lot and we agree on which verses to use. And how, and what are the- I can tell you, what, what I can tell you yeah. why I chose that verse if you like, but. I, I want to know the criteria. I, uh, what you're doing individually is not as interesting to me as like, what is the general policy here? Like, what are you gonna be doing next week and the week after? Like, how, how are these decisions made? Um, chaotically is the short answer, is that, um, so the ultimate decision is the person who's facilitating, so next week it'll be Janet, uh, and so she will have final decision on which passage we study, for whatever prayer she wants to use. Um, we will, you know, try and have a sort of a pre-brief session where we go over it and talk about where we think the group is at. Um, for me, the reason I chose the first passage is that there's lots of passages we could have gone with, but that was the one that most closely matched kind of how I was feeling about Jesus and the idea of, you know, God's called us through these great things. We have screwed up royally. Uh, how do we approach Jesus? How does Jesus approach us? And that's been really helpful for me as we go through this. Um, and so I want to try and find something that is not like, oh, I know this passage teaches this deep thought, and therefore I want to explain it to people. It's more like this, for this season where we're in development, it's trying to find passages that embody aspects of Jesus that we need more of in order to get us to the next step. And what's the next step? The next step 
is the, uh, what I say, I'm trying to build a resilient, repeatable, scalable process for people to encounter Jesus. Okay. Um, okay, so so Janet and is leading next week, right? Janet is leading and, next week, yes. And she's picking the verses. And you're saying We're gonna the verses... We're going to pick a verse, yes. So she's yeah. she's going we'll to be yeah. leading. She's going to pick the passages. And is she understanding that the goal should be that we are trying to find some aspect of Jesus in these passages that uh, we should be embodying to help us achieve this next step? Does she understand that? So that's an interesting question. Uh, there's a couple of different answers to that. One is in an ideal world, she wouldn't need to, right? In the sense that the structure and the format would be well-developed enough that um, almost any passage would help us move forward. But Chris, right now, the, 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 the thing that- Almost so, any passage help us move forward. That's, that's, that's nonsense. What? What, what do you mean by that? I you you, you did you? I mean you the oh sorry this is uh, this is the evangelical tradition I grew up in, which maybe seems crazy to people who are a part of it. It's that all of Scripture is inspired by God, and if you approach any part of Scripture with the right heart, God will help you. Uh, will give you what you need to know to move forward. That was just, Wait, that's just if you want to call it superstition, you can call it that. Um, and any so part of right. can be used to help you with any problem. In theory, in an ideal world, yes. In practice, um, the the sense is that we all have different things that are easier for us to hear and different words that are more things. So the second way of looking at it, so the evangelical mind says that. The charismatic part of me says, well, you know, we need to just pray about it and whatever we feel, uh, you know, together that we can agree on at peace about the Holy Spirit, that will be the one that God wants to use that the charismatic part of me would answer that way. The, I mean, there's different, I, I, I have multitudes within me, right? I, I can argue at many different sides of almost any question. Um, the short answer is, it's gonna be a relational process where I'm gonna pray about it. Uh, I will, if I have something I feel strongly about, I will suggest it to Janet. I have a list of things that I thought would be worthwhile talking about, which I'll bounce off of her. And she'll decide if she feels at peace about it. Um, and Eric and Robbie may weigh in. And, you know, it's chaotic and relational. And that's about the best we have at this point. Okay. Okay, so the long term, the goal is to actually understand this well enough that we think we can come up with a curriculum or a story set, as they call it. Okay. But, so uh, I want to say, like, very first that, like, fundamentally, I, I reject the idea that any passage of the Bible can be. Um, correctly and usefully applied to any situation, generically. Okay. I, I, reject, I reject that premise strongly. And more importantly, okay. I think I more importantly, I think it's actually dangerous because if you go about picking arbitrary passages to apply to situations, it allows one to abuse what the Bible says. And I mean, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, like I could, I could just see like what we saw with, with like what the devil did using scripture against trying to use it against Jesus. I'm just like, if you could just take any passage you want and try to apply it to a situation, why not abuse it? What's to stop you from abusing it? Well, I think that? you, I think you missed an important caveat I said, 
which is that if you have the right process and mindset as you approach scriptures. Yeah, but you refuse to define that. Oh, and yeah. Like I said, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. And I, I was saying, I'm not sure I have that yet. But then, because, okay, so I totally agree that that's all true. How do you avoid that problem, though? I mean, like, I think that there's there's some minimum you could say, like, like this scripture is not relevant to this situation. I mean, can you? I mean, uh, so just so you know, as a if it'll make your if it'll reduce your anxiety, the goal for this session is probably trying to focus on the gospels because we're really trying to focus on Jesus, and rather than on, and on narratives rather than expository lectures. Uh, so. It's like, okay, there, if, if there, does your same concern about, so certainly, and the other thing that I think I'm a little confused by, and maybe you can clarify for me, is that certainly if I am teaching a passage and I have an agenda, there's many, many opportunities for abuse. No question about it. But in a format where it's like, hey, read this passage, pray about it, tell us what the Holy Spirit thinks, uh, you think the Holy Spirit is saying to you about what you should do, uh, I would say that the risk of that being abused is much lower. No, I don't. I don't know because I, I like you say you, you, you're, you're multitude. You have all sorts of like agendas and motives and 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 all sorts of stuff about yourself that you don't really understand. And so, like, I don't believe any of us really ever have true, pure intentions. And right. like a format, a format that just sort of encourages, um, that just sort of allows that to sort of just go through unfiltered, and then treating well, it's not as unfiltered. Valid. So to be clear, the whole point of this this format is that it's not unfiltered. I mean, right? isn't it? Part of it is that when people say, "I see this in the passage," you could have question them and say, "Well, um, I don't see it in the passage. Could you clarify?" And you try and push people back to the passage. And I, 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 I'm reminded of was it, uh, Thomas Jefferson or, or some one of the founding fathers who said, if you tell me that people are unable to govern themselves, I say you may be right, but that is even more reason why they should not be governed by somebody else. I completely agree. Right. So, like, oh, yeah, I agree that this format of everyone listening to scripture for themselves and just trying to figure out what the Holy Spirit is saying has some risk. I can't think of anything that is any way of solving that that is not more risky. Yeah, you know, all right. Besides the fact that I feel like there's a very easy avenue of abuse here that's just just being left open, ignoring that, uh, I would say that like uh, my, my original criticism of what we were doing is that it seems unrelated to anything and it doesn't serve a purpose. And I mean, like, the scriptures we're we're looking at seem unrelated to everything and not serving a purpose. And so, like you, you have you convinced me that the process may have a purpose, but the scriptures that we're selecting aren't serving it. Okay, so the uh, so are you saying that you are asserting that they don't, or are you asserting that you don't see the purpose? I'm asserting that I don't see it. I don't know what's real. Okay, so. Here's the, here's and this is maybe we'll have to leave it here as a bit of ambiguity, right? Like what what's the alternative to each of us trying to figure out what the Holy Spirit is sharing and then sharing with each other for feedback? 
is for us is for me to decide that this is what the Holy Spirit's saying as the teacher, or for us to have a formal system we've imported somewhere of these are the passages to study. Like I'm not sure. It's like democracy sucks. Uh, it's the worst system ever invented, except for all the others. Uh, yeah, that's not, kind of what I think about peer-led Bible study. It's the worst system, except for all the others. But it isn't peer-led. I mean, there is no democracy here. It's not a democracy in the same sense, but it is the sense that we are trying, is that the system works to the extent that everyone is able to listen to the Holy Spirit. And when it doesn't work, if they're not doing that, uh, it's not clear uh, what could be done. Well, you see, like, you know, one of, one of the one of the key aspects of um, checking authority uh, is the fact that you have something that you can check against. Like if there if there is no if there are no standards, there's nothing there's no way for anyone to say, well, you know, this is going you're you're going in the wrong direction. You're abusing this. You're doing well, that's why we thing. have scripture. Right. The whole point is to use scripture as the standard. This is the passage. You're only allowed to focus on this passage and talk about what you see the Spirit saying through it. And then everyone else can look and say, I don't see that at all. And yeah, but, be but, a caution to you. Yeah, okay. How about how about this? I, I think the scriptures you're selecting aren't relevant to anything that we're trying to do with the group. That's what I'm saying now. Okay, well, you, you're saying you don't see it relevant. So, okay. So, the, um, so for me, it was relevant to what I was dealing with in the group. And the, the thing that I wanted to make sure we were on the same page on is how, I mean, I fail a lot. I was feeling pretty bad about some of the pain that we had gone through. And I felt like seeing how Jesus and with Peter really spoke to where I was at. And for a few of us, it seemed to have connected. For several people, it didn't. Fair enough. Um, can you propose a process that would increase the likelihood of the passage connecting with people? I, I mean, you want like, me to be more rational and strategic in how I choose passages. I I, I just want intuitive I want, and spirit led. I want I want transparency. I want I want the goal stated, and then I want to I want the person at the beginning saying, "Hey, this is our goal. I selected this passage to accomplish this goal for this reason." And then we could go, okay, that makes sense. Or then we could go, what on earth are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense at all. I just want, that's what I want. Right. And the answer is, so what if the answer is, I prayed about it, and in my heart I felt like this was the thing for us to do. That's not an acceptable we, answer for you? No, I mean, like, you, the, reason can be, the reason can be anything. I'm saying I want the goal stated. You could you could say like I chose the goal is to 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 bring more puppies into the world, and we are going to read First John because the Holy Spirit sent a burning bush. Right. The goal. I don't know how many times I can say this before you start believing me. The goal is to love more like Jesus. That's the goal, and to figure out what it is that's keeping us from loving more like Jesus and help us do more of it. Uh, I try to repeat that every time. Uh, is that not a clear enough goal? The goal is clear enough. Um, and if you want to know what I think now, having gone through the study, I can say, you know, 
what I think is the biggest issue that keeps us from loving more like Jesus is our shame over our failures and not wanting to face uh, those painful things. And so seeing the way Jesus interacts with Peter uh, it speaks directly to that point. And looking back, I can give you a logical reason. At the time, it was more just an emotional reaction to it. There's something here about Jesus I want to see more of. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to fix this. Um, I just, I just feel like this is just, you know, the land in which nothing is defined, and we just do as we please, and then we pat ourselves on the back because we did as we pleased. And well, I don't know who's patting themselves on the back. I have notes and notes of all the things I've screwed up that I need to do differently. The one thing I'm not going to do, David, which I think I would hope you would appreciate, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you there's a great plan if there isn't one. I'm not going to make up a bunch of reasons that aren't actually the reasons why things happen. I will be brutally, vulnerably honest with you about where I am confused, what I don't know, and where I've screwed up as best I understand it. Yeah, you know, I'm and actually I'm, probably going to create I'm, more anxiety for you in the short run. Actually, I'm more and more convinced that what you just said there is not true. In fact, that you are lying. I think the truth is that I'm becoming increasingly convinced that you do actually have stated goals and purposes are not stated unstated goals and purposes and that you yes that you you do have a desire there are things that you want and that you yeah. are hiding them I and that you really? are you're Wow. Yes, I really, more I'm more I'm watching. The more you respond to things, the more I'm convinced that you know exactly what you want, and you're just not stating it. I know exactly what I want, but it's this half of a dream that I have really hard difficulty explaining in terms that make any sense to anybody. I want to see the kingdom of God come to earth. I want to see the millennium come. I want to be the greatest school of the 21st century. I want to see uh, my children grow up in a world where if they're serious about following God, they have a thing that is not based on lies that they can be a part of. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking the and way that I want that to be I'm... part of a community with you where you are pointing out to me the things that I need to repent of that are getting in the way of that. I think the best way to do this is I need to just sort of take some guesses at like what your, what your sacred cows are and, and to prop them up as suggestions for the group and then watch you try to deny them. I think, I think that's embrace. the best way. What? Or embrace them? Yeah. So, so, David, please, run experiments, right? Come up with a theory of what my beliefs are and say, okay, because he believes X, then if I do Y, he will do Z. And then we can run the experiments and find out. That would be awesome. I would learn. I've got all sorts of hangups and insecurities and, you know, mixed motives. I would love to have them exposed. Please. I'll let you take over a Tuesday session and run your experiment.
still there? Yes, I'm thinking about it. That would be fantastic. One of the things that led me on this journey, I got to stop down and pick up my daughter, um, is that um, I realized that from my perspective, as we talked about at the beginning, is that shame is the thing that most cripples the body of Christ. And I met some amazing godly men who are doing extraordinary things for what I, and you know, far better human beings than I am, frankly. But if I did something that wasn't to their cone of shame, they just turned into a different person. And I've seen marriages and churches and schools uh, just devastated by that happening. And I said, okay, I want to destroy shame in the body of Christ. And if that means being made a public laughing stock, as frankly has arguably happened over these last several weeks and even this podcast, so be it. I don't care. I just want Christ to destroy shame. And if you've got uh, any insight into that, of things that need to be destroyed in my life, bring it on, please. I will give you all the resources I can think of to help you in that quest. Yeah, you know, you say that, but I, I don't feel like you've been very comes to defining things. I'm stupid and confused. So look, I, 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 I'm going to call you on your decision this time. I didn't hold you the last one about coming up with a better purpose statement, uh, but events kind of overshook that. But like I said, come up with an experiment uh, of what you think might be going on and figure out how to prove it one way or the other. That'd be awesome. I'm on the record here. All right. And hey, All right. if you think you have a passage that you think the Holy Spirit could use to shock this group into sanity, by all means, suggest it. All right. Um, I'll, I'll give it some thought. I'll give it but some by, thought. By the way, that is part of our code of conduct. It's like, hey, you see something wrong? Great. We don't know all the answers. Help us figure it out. And if you don't know how, ask us for help and we'll help you. Yeah, implicit code of conduct. Now become explicit because we just said it. I'll write it down oh. in the show notes. Okay. Well, that would make me happy seeing it written down. All right. Um, yeah, I will try to actually, I will try to actually summarize some of the stuff we talked about that you did find helpful or useful in the show notes to clarify and then you know your feedback on that would be greatly appreciated yeah i think i think what i'll i don't want to do this so i'll commit to this i i will either commit to doing this homework and or an attempt at the homework or i will let you know that i don't plan on making the attempt okay that's, i can commit to, I'll that's commit. all i can ask for what i think you deserve that much i'll commit to that thank you i appreciate that david all right well i i have to go and it's been all right yeah in the hour thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it david it means a lot to me Mm -hmm. thank you for your time all right bye bye